But my first tournament was in Forest City, North Carolina. Okay. I'll never forget. I got second place in fighting. Mm-hmm. Guy that beat me put his leg up and never set it down and just <laughs> right. kept and doing this. And I didn't know how to defend against that. Right. And he beat me. And I got first place in forms, which is kata forms. <laughs> right. And I was very proud of that. And it was that was the moment I got the bug right then. I'm like, man, I got these trophies. I love this. You it know? was fun, huh? Yeah. yeah. I had a yeah. It's fun when you win. Welcome to Stuttering Your Way to Success. I'm Eric Weir, and I have a great guest today, Shannon Hudson. So I've been a martial artist my whole life. Shannon also is a martial artist, only he made a business out of it, and not just a local business like many people do, a studio. And if you really work hard, maybe you get two studios, or three, which should be fantastically wild. But we're, we're pushing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and not just in the U.S., but internationally. So I want to talk to you as a martial artist, okay. as a business person, who and, and our listeners who want to grow a business. They want to push through obstacles. They want to learn uh, how to overcome limiting thoughts. And then man, everything from like international law to franchise rights. There's so much. You've had to go from being an athlete to being a business person, and, and then you're a husband, and, 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 you're, and how do you balance everything? And, and let's just go to the beginning. What got you interested in martial arts to begin with? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm excited Absolutely. to be here. Um, yeah, you know, my older brother, I have to give him all the credit. He's nine years older than me. I have an older brother, seven years older. Yeah. How hard is that to give him all the credit? Well, <laughs> you know, he works with me now for okay, me. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you know, he's great. Uh, he started martial arts in 1979. When I was born, and I grew up around it, I remember as a kid going and watching him do karate class, and I was so shy. I would just sit on the side, and I just grew up. And when I turned seven years old, I said, I got to try it. I want to try what my big brother is mm-hmm. doing. Sure. And the karate school that he grew up in was not kid-friendly at all. Mm-hmm. It was it was a hobby for the owner. He did it after his job. It was all adults. It was mm-hmm. sparring, which is person-to-person hitting right away. I mean, right. like, But I couldn't quit. Because my older brother was, uh, you know, right, really dialed in there. So I stayed with it. I loved it. I got the bug to compete in karate tournaments. And then, oh, wow. yeah, and then my brother actually won a world title kickboxing. No way. And in the 80s, kickboxing got on ESPN. It became pretty sure. popular. And my big brother was a very good fighter. And, um, and of course, what I do, I followed suit. So I became an amateur boxer, amateur kickboxer. I I just love to compete. I I still love to compete today. I feel like I could compete tomorrow in the ring. I know I probably shouldn't. That's just my ego talking. Right, right, right. uh, And I ended up having a great career. I had over 80 bouts, amateur and professionally combined. I fought in Europe. I fought in Canada. I won a world title as a professional kickboxer in Canada. And I had this bug to give the average person this secret sauce training that I, I learned uh, without the getting hit part, that's the worst part, getting punched right, in the face. So right, let's take that out right. and just have it as a fitness and stress relief uh, mechanism. Right. Okay. And we created this business called Nine Round, my wife and I, in, in 2008. Here we are in 20 countries, 550 units, uh, and uh, you know, rest is history. So. Wow, that is fantastic. So, so do you see um, the the discipline that? That, that you learned, I, I guess, as a child when, when you started, right? And you competed and sparred. And I remember doing some of that. I remember being dropped off at the karate studio and how long are you going to be here and come back to get you later? And the first tournament, and I'll tell you about that too. But it was so fun. But I remember learning of the discipline and the yes or no, sir. So I think you don't really hear as much today. 
or outside of a studio oftentimes. But but how does you know how do your instructors kind of kind of you know encourage encourage people because going from like working out by myself at a gym or bands or doing like some exercise on a on a bicycle or or, or watching you know YouTube for exercise how are you different my fitness program or yes. me personally your, your fitness program yeah yeah, yeah great, great question um it's not as traditionally structured as you know say formal martial arts you know where you go in you bow yes sir you know it's more about the exercise um but it's a nine you do nine rounds it's called nine rounds so mm-hmm. you do nine three minute rounds okay. um there's an active break in between so a break mm-hmm. but you don't really get to break oh, you, wow. know, you might do jumping jacks or push-ups oh, between wow. rounds to okay. keep you moving okay and then you'll move to the next station which is u- usually a bag we have all the different types of bags mm-hmm. of boxing and kickboxing speed okay. bag heavy bag wrecking ball double in bag bags people have never heard of and that's what's the secret sauce oh, there's wow. so many neat things that people don't realize professional fighters do and i wanted to give that to the average person right so they could experience and feel like a world champion in their world, because that's what wow. it's all about. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So if I go and exercise on my own, I burn X calories. Mm-hmm. How does that compare with, with, with doing something with you? Well, tr- kickboxing, I don't know if you guys know, but it, it is one of the best calorie burners, it, more than running, because mm. I mean, we're going to jump rope. We're going right. to use every muscle in every direction, lower body, upper body, core, in all direction. You know, running, you get stuck in one direction. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with running. I, you have to run to be a world mm-hmm. champion fighter for right, condition, right? right. right? But it works every muscle, all directions, uh, burn a ton of calories. And you know what? It's, it's, you're learning a skill, which is something fun. When mm-hmm. Sometimes if you get on a treadmill or an elliptical, you're not really in, you, you have to put on something else for your mind. Right. This you have to concentrate. You have to be in the moment, right there. You can't right. be thinking about work or homework or stress or whatever. You're thinking about just how to do this punch. Mm-hmm. i got to hit this bag, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Have you ever, when you, when you were starting nine round or growing it, did you ever have like a, man, this is like way harder than I thought. And you almost thought about throwing in the towel. Did you ever have a moment like that? <laughs> yeah, about every day. I mean, yeah. I thought, <laughs> okay. yeah. so if I'd have known what I know now, it, it's hard. I mean, you get punched in the face and I relate to fighting all the time. You get kicked in the crotch mm-hmm. sometime and you're not expecting it. You right. Know? It's like, oh man, that hurts. Like the pandemic, it just hit us. Boom. You know, we weren't ready yeah. for that. How does, how does that, I mean, Walk me through that. What's that like one day when the CDC says, hey, guess what? If you're at a health club, yep. uh, you're closed. And we're classified as health club. Wow. Right? So, it, it, you know, my purpose on the earth is to get as many people punching and kicking as I can. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm here. Right. And um, what makes me, what drives me every day is people get empowered by doing this type of exercise. Mm-hmm. And then when the day, I think it was March 16th of 2020, when we, everything was shut down, we shut every location around the world down, everyone. Mm. You talk about a heartbreaking day for me. Mm. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's been extremely hard, but you know what? We're fighters. We never give up and we're coming back <laughs> right, with right, a vengeance, right. man. So. Right. Wow. That's, that's, that had to be overwhelming. How long did, did you stay? I'm sure different countries had different durations, but what was like the, 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 the typical period you're shut down? Well, you know what was frustrating? Canada, the Canadian government kept shutting down like Ontario, open closed. They did it five times. Open shut, open shut, wow. open shut. I mean, how do you run a business like that? You yeah. just can't, right? right? So, and then other countries were stricter than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, some countries, like the country of Texas, really had no rules. Ha, <laughs> just getting kicked. Right, you, right, you know, you right. just go, right? You know, right. get your gun and go, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's challenging when you when you're when your brand spread so f- across the globe so far. You mm-hmm. have to deal with all these different. Uh, government agencies and mm-hmm. municipalities mm-hmm. that are all have their different laws on how COVID should be handled. And right. that's what the problem is. 
it, was. In, 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 in business, we always talk about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, yeah, and threats. SWAT announcement. In your book. Great book. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, tell me, I mean, what are the SWAT for you? I mean, what are things that, are, that, that you think about? Well, one of our strengths is uh, our company as a company as a whole is very nimble. We have zero debt. Uh, you know, I believe in paying bills right when they land. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that's how I want to get paid, right? right. Uh, I don't do any of this 30-day net BS. I just pay mm-hmm. it, right? And right. Uh, we have no debt. We can turn very quickly. My wife and I are the majority owners of the company, mm-hmm. so we can make decisions very quickly. Um, all of our units are small square footage, so we don't have massive rents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're 1,500 square feet, which mm-hmm. is not big. Uh, so we can keep our expenses very low labor burden, not many employees to run our location. So again, we don't have a ton of expenses. Most <laughs> Some are fixed and uh, it's service based and most people do this that are in my brand are doing it out, like me out of passion they they're cool. not really technically business people they're mm-hmm. real they're passionate about helping their community and we have to teach them the business side which is a okay. challenge sometimes okay. you know right. we teach them what a P&L how to read a P&L oh wow you know we teach them these skills how to market right mm-hmm. how to sell memberships those are skills they don't come to the table with a lot of times mm-hmm. and they just love the brand and love the concept and we have to teach that so that's been a hard thing for us to do, but um, but we're doing it pretty doggone well. We're excited about it. How is fitness changing today? I mean, I, mm. I've seen. I mean, you know, like Beach Bodies came out. I remember yeah. it was an hour workout or an hour and a half on certain days, and I'm like, man, that's a commitment. You know, it was like the the DVD or the you know, it was a long time ago, right? And yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting one of the founders of that uh, in California, and and now they they've shortened it. But I mean, how is how has fitness changed from your perspective? Well, first off, the modality of punching and kicking is more popular than ever. I mean, there's okay. we have more competitors nine round does than ever. You know, there's a there's so when, when we first started in 2008, we were the only real game in town, and it was just blue sky, and we were just freaking. We were opening three locations a week. We were, I mean, we were just mm. go. Now we have to really be strategic and and how do we differentiate ourselves, right? And be different. But fitness is, I think, you know, at home fitness had a big big climb during the pandemic. It's tailored off a little bit, but it's still a, a component that's, uh, you know, woken people up and they're attuned to it now. Um, and fitness is growing. It'll never go away. It's a growing industry, mm-hmm. and, yeah, we've had a, a few hurdles, but, you know, it's changing. Uh, there's there's boutique everything now. Some of it's silly even. You know, right. you see boutique this and that. I'm like, <sighs> we try to be as authentic as, as we can, and mm-hmm. from the founder, and my, my wife's a black belt as well, who's a co-founder with me. She's That's great. Uh, and so we try to keep the punching and kicking and the – the exercise is authentic to traditional and real deal stuff. No gimmicks, no frills. There's no machinery. It's just real learning how to punch and kick and, and get your heart rate up and have a great time. How do you find people? Because I, I talk to you all the time, own businesses that say, man, we are we cannot find quality employees. If we find somebody, they're not reliable. And if we, and it, it, you know, and they've just been really struggling with that, you know, it, and you're saying back in the go-to days, you're up in three a week. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you find people? Cause it, yep. it seems like there's a secret sauce and who you must hire or who has an affinity to work with you that may be different than what other people are experiencing. That's a great question. And I don't believe in that. Mm. It's all my men. I, there's eight billion people in the world. Where do they all go? Do they get raptured up? And go away? They're there. I mean, right. People are like, can't find. What do you mean you can't find? There's more people today. That's why I joke with single people. I'm like, what do you mean? There's eight billion people. You can't find one. One. Right. <laughs> you can't find right. one. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, the people are there. It's just all my mindset and the way I look at it. And I think that's okay. what attracts the right people. I'm okay. looking for, and I'm hiring for attitude. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trained for the aptitude, right? I mean, okay. I'm not okay. hiring for skill. 
So, so is it easier to tr- so so to talk about that? That's key. I hire for attitude. I don't hire for. So, what is that? I mean, I, I think I know what that means, but I want to read into it. I mean, if you're hiring people, some people look for. I want to. I want to see your, your grades or how'd you do on this test. But but you're looking at other things, right? And what? Why is that important to your business? Well, the only A I got in school was absent. When I was in school, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't the best person for grades, right? right? But I hire for great attitude, open mind, willing to learn, coachable. That's what it's all about. Kickboxing is the, the, the movements are gross motor movement, meaning they're big and easy. Right. This, I can teach anyone to do that. That's right. an easy movement, right? Right, right? It's not very complex. So if I find the right person that is passionate about it, loves it, and wants to learn, we'll mold that all day long. Okay. All day. <clears throat> okay. Do you have classes where where you, you train instructors, or do you have your own studio? I mean, how do you how do you maintain consistency? Because I know that if I go to a McDonald's in Macon, Georgia, or one in Seattle, Washington, it's about the same, right? That's really good. It's, they call the book called "McDonaldizing Your Business," yeah, I love and, it. and and obviously you've done that with you know over five hundred locations. But I mean, gee, how do you maintain consistency? Cross culture, cross country, yeah. you know, different time zones. I mean, wow! How do you well, do that? Yeah, that's the hardest part. And and franchising, like the E Myth, you sure yeah, the, the E Myth book. Course. I mean, it's all about consistency. That's what franchising is all about. Mm-hmm. So you have to put in systems and training systems in place. So even if you run a small business, or you know, you have to have systems. Mm-hmm. Right? Most people in their house have a system. Like every Sunday's laundry day, right? There's a system. So, okay. so, so if you just take that on a bigger level, you know, how do you answer the phone? What's the script for that? You know, what do you do when a customer walks in? What do you do there? So it's creating these systems and teaching these systems. That's how you duplicate yourself. If you don't do that, it's just a you show and it's different every time. You never can duplicate it. And if you mess up, you don't know where it went wrong. If I do the same thing every time and I tweak one component, then I know mm-hmm. that worked or that didn't work. And right. I know what the problem is. So it's all about creating systems. Right. What would you tell someone who's a budding entrepreneur and, and, and they're like, hey, I really, I've got a dream. I want to do whatever it happens to be because you're entrepreneurial. You wouldn't yeah, be course. where you are, right? And your wife is. So, I mean, what, what would you tell somebody who's like, I'm in a job. I, I sort of have a dream, but I don't want to take a leap. You know, I've got, I'm comfortable, but I'm sort of tortured. I mean, what would you, what would you tell somebody? That's a great question. And everybody's risk tolerance is different, right? You know, mine's go all in, forget it, burn the boats. I'm going to make this freaking happen. Right. You know, that's how I am. And that's Mm -hmm. how I'm wired. And that drives my wife crazy, right? Right, She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that drives some of my team crazy. (laughs) Sure, sure. But if you're not that risk tolerant as I am, can you start it on the side? While you run, have your regular job, but right, on the side right, hustle, right. you just hustle and build your empire on the side, and that's the way to do it. And do things like you taught in your book, save the raise, and and right. and do those things. Th- th- those are strategies that you can do it where you can eventually pull away, right. pull away from the job, right, the job, and mm-hmm. and go do your own thing. Do any people do do they, do they come and work with you or, or become a franchise owner? Is that what you call it, franchise yes, or a franchisee? Franchisee. Yeah. franchisee. Do they ever have a side hustle? Like say, hey, I'm not ready to make the leap, or maybe I'm a fireman. Maybe I, I, I have a, a pretty dependable job, but I have a pretty predictable hours. I mean, does, it, does that happen? Yeah, in the franchise world, we call it semi-absentee. Mm-hmm. And we do allow that, um, but they have to have a manager. You have to okay. have a point. You know, you okay. have to have a chief, okay. right? right? So right, right. you have to have a point. So, But the majority, majority are owner-operators. And I'll tell you what the majority are. They're husband-wife teams or, or couple teams. Mm-hmm. One keeps their job, keeps the benefits mm-hmm. coming in. While the other starts the business, okay, and that okay. seems that's our magic formula that seems to work pretty doggone well. 
Okay. Is there a key, if, if I'm listening to this and I'm a martial artist and I'm like, you know, I really like martial arts, but the, the thought of having a traditional studio, um, you know, the white, the, the black belt, the, the, the cycle of that, the testing, the, all of that, and I kind of I like what you're doing. How would somebody get started or how would they reach you? To reach out to me? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm all social media. I have all the mm-hmm. all the accounts. You know, Shannon the Cannon. The Cannon's my fighter name, right? So Let's Shannon talk about the, the Cannon here a second. It's the <laughs> only thing that rhymes with Shannon. That's why it's called the Cannon, right? So, um, so but yeah, you know, social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, NineRound.com. We, we're all over. They can reach out to me. But uh, owning your own business, no matter what it is, whatever the passion is, you still have to learn these business skills. Mm-hmm. The marketing, the mm-hmm. selling, the hiring, the training. Mm-hmm. Those are skill sets that people forget. That's why you have starving artists out there. They, they don't learn those skills, and they, right. they think just if I give good artwork, I'll sell it. Listen, I can make a better burger at my house than McDonald's, but McDonald's sells way more, right? That's right. So, That's right. so the, the best product does not always win, right. which is you know kind of mess you up in the head if you don't, right. you don't understand that. Right? Sure, sure. Who are your mentors? I mean, who have you learned uh, from? You know, I have great parents, very blessed. My dad was a military, uh, he's a veteran and, uh, you know, very disciplined. So I learned a lot there. And my brother, of course, um, I read a lot. So so when people think mentors, a lot of times they think sit down, have coffee with a mentor. But I believe you can get mentors through books, through podcasts, okay. sure. through what you're around. And mm-hmm. uh, I do a lot of studying and reading about not only business. I just read the Papa John story. He came out with a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, what an incredible story. Learned a lot of things there. Read your book, just finished your book as well. And uh, a lot of things there. So I have a lot of mentors. They're all over, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so what was your first tournament? I remember I grew up in Atlanta. I was I was originally part of the the Chuck Norris Super yeah. System, right? Where he'd come by and give tests, and awesome. and it was f- fantastic to be with him. And I would say that in my life, my karate instructors. Uh, if you re- you read the book, I dedicated you know part of it yeah. to them and their, you know, uh, to Chuck Norris. You know, one of the things that the, he, he would espouse is he had a code of ethics, and it was yeah. be as enthusiastic about the successes of others as you are about your own. And that was one that really, that was number eight. That was one that, that, that still sticks with me today, you know, 40-some-odd years later. And I remember the Battle of Atlanta. I mean, that was like the big tournament to, to, yeah. to, to, to compete in. How were the tournament days for you? My brother was in that tournament several okay. years. Okay. I remember going to it and watching him. I never competed in it, but my first tournament was in Forest City, North Carolina. Okay. I'll never forget. I got second place in fighting. Mm-hmm. Guy that beat me put his leg up and never set it down and just <laughs> right. kept and doing this and I didn't know how to defend against that. Right. And he beat me, and I got first place in forms, which is kata <laughs> forms, right. and I was very proud of that. And it was that was the moment I got the bug right then. I'm like, man, I got these trophy. I love this. You it know, was so, fun, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fun when you win. Yeah, it's not fun when you lose, right? Trophies have gotten bigger. Have you noticed that? The bigger, yeah. they're, 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 first place was like that when I was yep. competing. The last time I won, they're like, <laughs> like as tall as I am. So. Now they just collect dust. Yeah, in, in, exactly. the, in the attic, right? Exactly, so. exactly. Well, that's so fun. What instructors have you either or names we'd recognize in martial arts? Have you had the privilege of learning from, and then what did you learn from them? I had some. I was very blessed to have some great instructors. To, um, you know. Joe Lewis was was one one now not Lewis L O U I S which mm-hmm. is the boxer is L E W I S who was one of the first kickbox brought kickboxing to America pretty much was mm-hmm. in the sixties. Um, he trained with Bruce Lee for a couple of years and I learned a lot from him. He passed away in two thousand twelve, but I got my fourth degree black belt with him. I also got my third and fourth degree black belt with Bill Superfoot Wallace, and mm-hmm. I work with him closely now. Even on help him with some of his business videos oh, and wow. things and. Uh, 
So he, I had a, my brother and I, my brother was a great instructor for me and still is, uh, obviously one of my greatest. And then my brother and I had a Tai Chi instructor who grew up in a Shaolin temple. We trained for five years <laughs> hey, with wow. him. He had That's this great. big beard. I mean, he's like yeah. Mr. Miyagi, right? And uh, yeah. he was, he couldn't speak hardly any English, but we learned so much from him. And I've been around the martial arts my whole life, and and it's all amazing, and it's done so much for me, and that's why that's why I'm so passionate about what I do. So. Do you think it's important as an entrepreneur to have a passion? I mean, or is it just like, hey, I don't want to work for somebody else? Yeah. I mean, how how I mean, do you think you could be an entrepreneur doing anything, or do you think it's more of like it's important to align your passion with your activity? Totally. I mean, uh, Steve Jobs said, if you're not passionate about it, you're going to end up quitting because it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, if you don't love it, you're going to end up quitting it. Because uh, it's too hard. You, you you need to have this deep burning passion for it. I believe. Has there ever been a point where you, you you've taken risks where you're like, you know, I'm going beyond the prudent business risk. I'm going like live in your car, like hedge you in, yeah. tails intergalactic. You know, I'm in the back seat of the car. You ever had those decisions as an entrepreneur? Yeah, of course, um, especially launching nine round. You know, launching a business is like launching a rocket. It takes mm-hmm. so much fuel and energy, and 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 you're going to take some risk. And um, but if you but if you believe and you're passionate, you're going to make it happen. And I remember my wife and I, we, we barely had enough money to, to get by. I mean, we had a newborn baby. I had a new stepdaughter. It was Adwater Instant Family, right? right family went right. from one to four like that. And I <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, my kids are amazing and uh, family's amazing. But it was some very hard days. There were no sushi dinners. I didn't right. do that. You know, right. I mean, that's too expensive, right? Sure, so, sure. Um, and, you know, but you believe in what you're doing and, and you're fired up by it. You know, you're just fired up every day to do it. How do you view fear? Because I know when you're competing, you know, and I, and I competed and you, you, you know, but, but how, how, how does fear, how do you look at fear? And there's physical fear, there's fear of, of competition, there's fear of failure, there's all kinds of different fears, right? There's even fear of success, right? You, there's all kinds of fears. How do you face fear? And do you have a self-talk that you use to like, hey, when I'm feeling over, is there, do you have a go-to routine that you do to like get back on track if you get off track? Yeah, you know what? I'm scared every day. Mm-hmm. You know, do I have a fear of failing? Yeah, that's why I think I work so hard. I don't want that to realize to 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 come to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I try to translate fear into just nervousness. Like before, I would fight back in the day. I remember I'd be getting my hands wrapped. You would wrap your hand, get your hands wrapped, and before you put them in the gloves, right, to protect your wrist and. And I would be so nervous, and I would think to myself, "What did I get myself into? Right. <laughs> why am I doing this to myself?" Yeah. Yeah. But I, after it, though, I'm like, I just, I loved it. I loved it. And I enjoy pressure. And, you know, as far as fear, I've been learning to meditate and, okay. and center myself and focus on my breathing and can try to control my thoughts as best I can. Mm-hmm. I have affirmations and goals I read every single morning. That's my routine. Okay. Affirmations like I am enough. I am strong. Okay. Uh, I deserve to be here. Things like saying those things to myself, you know, get you in the right frame of mind. Because sometimes you wonder, am I good enough to do this? You question yourself, right? Right. And I think everybody does every single day. And if you can, you know, create a routine that works and gets you confident and centered and ready to go tackle the day and kick some butt, that's how you win. That's how you do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Setting goals. I'm a huge. I love, love, me love setting too. goals and planning and visualizing. So walk me through. I mean, is there like a you do a three month, you one year, three or five year? Do you you said you? I mean, affirmations and goals every day. That's some powerful stuff. So yeah. how? I mean, it only takes ten minutes. That's right. To, 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 that's to, right. To, to, Why is that ten minutes important? 
when the morning it's easy to get up and just start going you know, and the day just takes you. I mean, you just like, you know, oh, you're showering, you're eating, you get the kids ready for school. I mean, I take my kid to school every single day. And I, I make him breakfast and, and take him to school every single day. It's my little routine. And then after that, I go and I, lock, I close the doors in the office and I sit. And that 10 minutes is just me time. And I just, before that day takes me, I got to have that me time. Mm-hmm. I got to have it. And it gets me ready. So I think everyone should just take a few minutes to... to and the first things I say, I say in my journal, it says, thank you. Mm. It's the first thing I do. Gratitude. 100%. Yeah. Thank you. My left foot hits the ground. Say, thank right foot you. God, I got another shot, man. I get yeah, to go. It. That's it. That's so it. That's so it. that's what it's all. I start right there. Okay. Do you find that your gratitude, and this is, it sounds like not be able to, to, to rhyme, but it's is correlated to the altitude you're able to climb, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean... Why do you think people struggle so much with being grateful? I mean, I, I, you know, you've been around the world. I've been different places. You, see, you, you go to other countries, and you see people with less, and sometimes they might even seem happier. You see people yeah. in poverty, and they seem like there's a, a joy or a smile on their face. You know? So why do you think people you know, struggle so much with gratitude? And, and, and then if it really is being grateful, is there a way to go from being not grateful to grateful? You think somebody sure. who's not grateful can find gratitude? This, it's easy why it's, struggle, it's a struggle because it's not taught. Right. In school, you didn't take grateful 101. Right. They didn't teach you. It, it, it needs to be a skill that's taught, and I think it's taught in the household with the parents. Okay. You know, so I'm teaching my kids how to be grateful. for. You know, we, ha- we have nice things. We get to eat the sushi dinners and— and are we grateful for that? Are we thankful? Are we thankful for the roof, the clothes, the you know, the, being alive, right? Are we thankful to feel the cold air outside? I mean, that's the stuff. And they look at me like I'm silly, Dad. You're silly. You know, I'm an old guy and I'm silly. But I'm telling you, they're learning a skill right now, which is how to be grateful, that I don't think is taught. And I mm-hmm. think it needs to be taught. And that's how you – and can someone become not grateful? Absolutely. Of course oh, they can. That's great. If you would go back and say, hey, you, 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 you've been doing this for some time. If you could go back 20 years ago and talk to your younger self, <laughs> and what, would you, what would you tell yourself? Slow down. Uh, sometimes I, you know, my, back to SWAT, I mean, uh, one of my weaknesses is I'm extremely impatient. I like to go. I, I have this joke. I go around the office saying, "Fast is fun. Let's get it done. Fast is fun. Let's get it done." And everybody don't want to hear that anymore. They're like, "They're like, when you want it, uh, Shannon." I'm like, "How about yesterday?" And they're like, ah. "So, so I think sometimes I, I sometimes I push my speed and impatience on people, and it mm-hmm. can irritate people. But uh, if I could just slow down a little bit, even as a youngster, if I got to slow down and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Some of the experiences I had that I didn't realize were so. I got to see some great speakers when I was young, like Wayne Dyer, mm-hmm. Zig Ziglar. Yep, sounds like too. Yeah. And I didn't realize how great these people were. I was just this twenty-year-old kid that my brother drugged to this seminar, drug, drug me, and I'm so thankful for today. And I wish I'd have realized what I'd known there. You know what I what I was looking at. You know, my, my favorite was Zig Ziglar is you need to check up from the neck up. That was if you had a yeah, bad attitude, love, you weren't grateful. Check he, up from the neck up. He's awesome. Uh, he was he fantastic. Was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he'd always sign everything. I'll, I'll, I'll see you at the top. Yeah, Z- Z- the top. Zig Ziglar. Um, how important is 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 balance? Because in life, in and what does balance mean? It doesn't necessarily. Does it mean equal time? Does it mean equal focus? Does it mean being aware of imbalance? I mean, what does balance mean to you? And then how do you achieve it? Because it, it seems like you're here. You're working with your wife. Some people would be a dream to do that. People I love like it. people are like I would never want to do that. You know. But but you have a partner there, a business partner, a life partner, and and so kind of walk me through the importance of balance in life. 
I learned this from Lisa Nichols. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but she spoke at one of our conventions, and she said there's no such thing as balance. It's harmony. Hmm. And I believe that. I can, I can spend two hours with my kid on the couch, and we're watching TV, and I'm kind of half listening, looking at my phone. Or I can take 30 minutes with my son Jackson and go play hmm. basketball, and I'm just, like, zoned in with Jackson, man. Hmm. It's me and Jackson. And he'll remember that 30 minutes way more than that two, three hours on the couch. So I don't think you need to look at time like that. I think you need to look at harmony. Am I giving the focus intensity to my wife, to my kids, to my spirituality, to my fitness? Like nine round, we say you don't need more time in a gym. You just need more intensity. You just need 30 minutes of focus, mm, baby. Mm-hmm, you don't need mm-hmm. two hours of waste in the gym. So I look at it as, and when I look at my, my parts of my life, it's not balance. Are they balanced? Is, am, I, am I in right harmony moving the right way through life? So, so hit training, um, high intensity yeah, training. Yeah. So, so walk me through that. But it seems like it goes beyond the gym in your life, right? Totally. It's not just high intensity training. But what is the high intensity training? How is that different? And then it seems like it has application beyond the gym. At 100%. High intensity training is doing something for a short period of time at the maximum intensity you can do it. And that's how I believe in everything I do. I read a book, I read it. I mean, I, I mean, on the book, man, you can't, a bomb could go off over here. I'm still reading the book, right? I mean, right, right, right. Um, right. So it's about being able to focus. I think one of my superpowers is being able to laser focus really hard on something and get it done. Mm-hmm. Get it done fast, but get it done well, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it goes into everything I do. That's try, how I try to do it. You know, I have this little. In, internal. I want a world title as a kickboxer, but I want to be a world champion in other, other areas. Mm-hmm. I want to be a world champion husband. I want to be a world champion father. I want to be a world champion CEO. So I think world, and everybody in our gym, we try to make a world champion, not in punching and kicking, but in their, in their life. So that intensity goes to anything you do. If you were to give a, a, a person who's listening here and, hey, I'm I'm in my uh, early 20s, just graduated college. I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to find my passion. You know, I'm comfortable, but I'm just kind of, you know, blah. Do you have any suggestions to somebody like that about how to take a step or get – not that you can solve it all in one day, but yeah. any suggestions? That's a great question. I mean, my daughter's 22, and she's good. she just finished college, and she's okay. going through this. Okay. Right? And uh, I'm like, don't worry about it. Because I didn't know what I wanted to do since so I was 27. Right. And I don't think there's a magic age that now you should know what you want to do. You know, now you should know you're 25. Right. There's not a magic age for that. It'll come to you. If you keep searching, it will come. No matter what your question is, Eric, right. you know, if you keep putting it out there in the universe, like, I want this answer. Right. How do I get this? How do I get this? How do I get not? I can't get this. See, that shuts you down. You say, how can I? Ooh. How wow. can I yeah. get more members? Yeah. How can I get more yeah. leads? How can I get more dollars? Yeah. How can I get a, a beautiful spouse? How do I get my kids to, to have better grades? Don't say I, I can't get my kids to get better because it just shuts everything down. So how can I do it? It'll come to you. Yeah, I have five sons, and and when they were doing school, I would, I would hear things like, I can't do this. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. He said in your book, you I don't say that. I yeah. presently struggle with. You acknowledge the difficulty. You recognize it. It's also transitory. And saying the word yet. yet. I'm not good at basketball yet. Right? right? I'm not yeah, good. I, that's right. I don't have a million dollars yet. That's right. right. But I'm getting that's there. Right. Yeah. That's right. What's next for Nine Round? Well, re-in- well, we're reinventing the brand. It's so exciting. I mean, you know, we, we were at 800 units. We got knocked back to 550 from the pandemic and, you know, just, just the, 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 the crisis of, of labor cost and, uh, you know, uh, recession and inflation. And all these things happen, which has forced us to go, whoa, 
let's reinvent this thing. So now we're doing some very neat things with technology. Uh, we're opening the studio up for a 24-hour access model. Really? Which wow. is so unique and fun where they can mm -hmm. self-guide, but yet we mm -hmm. have certain times a day with instruction and trainers on the floor. Uh, we're adding a personal training one-on-one -on -one component if you want a higher level of service to it. Mm -hmm. So we're just reinventing the brand, and uh, you know we've got a great team that's doing it. It's a ton of hard work, it's, but it's, it reminds me of 2008 when we created it first. It's, it's like starting back there to square one because we're wow. we're just thinking differently about the brand and how do we differentiate ourselves from the competitors give the consumer an ama a, a great product for a fair price that's great yeah. that's great well thank you so much is there anything less in closing that you want to tell our yeah. listeners hey, hey i don't believe nine rounds for everyone but i believe everyone should try it at least once that's give great. it a try and uh, see if you like it and hey be a world champion whatever you do that's great. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for, yes, for, for joining thank me. Thank you. And, and thank you for joining me, Eric Weir, on Studying Your Way to Success with my guest today, Shannon Hudson, the co-founder of Nine Round, has gone from zero to over 500 locations. Yes, sir. And he's here to make your life better. Thank you.